is, amen, Revival Month. This is Revival Month. And our theme for the month is relentless, relentless faith, relentless faith. Uh, if there's anything that needs reviving, I believe it is our faith. Uh, because we're going to see that our faith is under attack. That whatever the enemy is trying to do, understand he's after your faith. He's trying to get that because he understands just how vital it is for the believer. So this morning, I'm going to kick it off, uh, but each Sunday thereafter, uh, we're going to have a guest speaker that is going to come in, amen, to revive, help revive our faith. Is that okay? Amen. It's going to be an awesome time. Amen. And I'm looking for a mighty move of God this month. You don't want to miss a Sunday. Amen. This month, because I believe that it's going to be incredible. That when you activate your faith and when you believe uh, God to do the incredible, the impossible, we have a God that shows up on time. Uh, I wish I had a witness in the building. Yeah, yeah, that, that, that he will show. All he needs is some faith. Amen. He can, he can do some incredible things with some faith. We're going to talk about that a little bit this morning. But on second and fourth Wednesday night, uh, we're going to go a little bit deeper in that particular subject of faith. Uh, we're going to kind of slow down a little bit and teach a little bit on faith. Uh, so you don't want to miss those teachings as well. So we encourage you this Sunday. Matter of fact, is our uh, Wednesday in the Word Sunday. Uh, this is the second um, Wednesday in the Word Wednesday. This is our second Wednesday coming up. Uh, so I encourage you to be out as we continue to dive into faith. How many are ready for the Word of God this morning? Yeah. Amen. Grab your Bibles or take a look at the screen this morning. I want you to go with me to the Gospel of Luke uh, this morning. And we're going to rest in 31 and 32. Luke 22, 31 through 32. 31 and 32. If you can, we ask that you would stand for the reading of the word, just two verses. Amen. And then we'll let you take your seat. Amen. If you stand after that, other than dismissal, it's going to be on you. Amen. Amen. The word of God reads in Luke 22, starting at verse 31. It says, And the Lord said, Simon, Simon, behold, Satan has desired to have you, that he may sift you as wheat. But here's the great thing. But I prayed for thee, that thou faith, note, thou faith, thy faith fail not. When thou art converted, strengthen thy brethren. This morning, I want to talk to you from a simple subject. Your faith is under attack. Your faith is under attack. Father, we thank you. Oh, we love you this morning. Thank you for waking us, clothing us in our right minds, activities of our limbs. Thank you, Father, for being able to come into the house of God. What your word declares our inheritance is among our brothers and sisters. So we thank you for that this morning. Thank you that we've had an opportunity to worship you. An opportunity to praise you for being the great God that you are. But God, we come at this point of the service where we need to hear your word. For it is in the entrance of your word giveth light. God, it's your word that we need to illuminate our life. That we may be able to live 
out the life that you purpose and planned and destined for each and every one of us. So, Father, as you've summoned us here to hear your word, it's not by happenstance that we're here. God, you want to pour into us that that we need. You want to revive. You want to resuscitate the faith that you've given us because there's yet greater in store for us. So, Father, we thank you right now. And, Father, I pray that David may decrease, that you may increase. I pray that the Holy Spirit will take full charge, think through my mind, and speak through my mouth. A word that would truly bless and propel your people to higher heights and deeper depths. We thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. As you take your seats, look at two or three people and say, your faith is under attack. Yeah, your faith is under attack. Your faith, your faith, your faith is under attack. This morning, I want to begin by talking about the importance of faith. The talented tent maker from Tarsha's shines a light on this particular subject and the importance of it. He tells us in Romans 1 and 17, he says, For in it the righteousness of God is revealed from faith to faith, as it is written, the just shall live by faith. Yeah. Tells us, for in it, for in the gospel, in the word of God, in the good news. Matter of fact, the NLT says, this good news tells us how God makes us right in his sight. This is accomplished from start to finish by faith. And as the scriptures say, it is through faith that a righteous person has life. Yeah, the talented tip maker from Tarsus is trying to help us understand that it is through the gospel, it is through the good news of Jesus Christ. It is through that that was given to inspired men who had written the word of God. It is that that helps us to understand what righteousness truly is. But he says that though the gospel is there, there has to be something in order to grab hold to the meaning of the gospel. And he tells us that it is faith. It starts with faith and it ends with faith. He's trying to get us to understand that if we don't start in faith, then we can't successfully end in faith. That we can't successfully understand what God has given us in his word. Yeah. I mean, faith is so important that he tells us that it is the way that we ought to live. He says that the just, yeah, the just, those of us that have accepted Christ into our life, the just. We're not just based upon our own deeds, but we're just because of the righteousness of God. So he tells us that each and every one of us, that as we have accepted Christ, we, we ought to, to, to walk or we ought to live our entire life, the totality of our being should be geared around faith. 
I mean, we see this reverberated throughout Scripture. Galatians 3 and 11 says, But that no one is justified by the law in the sight of God is evident, for the just shall live by faith. Hebrews 10 and 38 says, Now the just shall live by faith. Old Testament Habakkuk uh, steps up and says in 2 and 4, Behold the proud, his soul is not upright in him, but the just shall live by faith. So as Christians, understand, the only way that we can effectively live this life is by faith. If we want to live it successfully, if we want to lay hold to everything that God has purposed and planned for our life, if we uh, want to be able to handle the, uh, the proclivities of life and the difficulties that we may experience, the only thing that we're uh, going to, or the only way that we're going to be successful in them and through them is a life of faith. In fact, look at what the writer of Hebrew tells us. In Hebrews 11 and 6, the writer of Hebrew tells us, but without faith, it is impossible to please him, him being God. For he who comes to God must first believe that he is and that he is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. Yeah, the writer of Hebrews is trying to help us understand that the way that we glorify God and the way that we please him is by activating the faith that he's given to each and every one of us. Uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, that means that you can be baptized and you can go to church and you can give your money and you can read your Bible and you can fast three times a week. You can sing in the choir, but if you do not use your faith, he says that you will not please God. Yeah. So genuine faith that comes from the heart matters more to God than anything that we say or do. God is looking for faith. Matter of fact, the scriptures tell us that when he comes back, the very thing that he's going to be looking for is faith. Yeah, he's not going to be looking at what kind of car you drive. He's not going to be looking at what neighborhood you stay in. He's not going to be looking at your designer clothes. He's not going to be looking at how, how many zeros is in your bank account. He, he's not going to be concerned about that, but he's going to be looking for faith. Uh, he's going to be looking for faith. So if faith is important, where does it come from? Glad you asked. Yeah, the talented Tim Baker tells us in Ephesians 2 and 89, he says, For by grace you have been saved through faith, and it is not of yourselves. Yeah, so don't get the big chested. Ah, uh, yeah, don't, don't, don't get proud on yourself. Uh, uh, no, he says, it is the gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. Or anyone should boast. So he tells us here that faith is a gift. It is a gift from God. <laughs> It's a gift from God. I, I, I love God because he loves us so much. To, uh, he said that he would withhold no good thing from us. So, so he knows what it's going to take in order to please him. He knows what it's going to take in order for us to live the life that he's purposed and planned for our lives. And he does not want us trying to find it. He says, I'm going to give it to you. 
Yeah, he says, I'm going to give you what you need in order to be successful. I, I love God. I, I, I love him because he, he sets us up for success. He sets us up for victory. He sets us up to be overcomers. He sets us up to lay hold uh, to every purpose and plan that he has uh, designed for our life. He sets us up. And sadly, yeah, too many people are not accessing the faith that he has given unto us. Yeah, he says it's a gift. In fact, it is a supernatural gift. Now, I used to believe that everybody that, uh, uh, whether born again or not, received this gift. And I'll touch on that a little bit on, on Wednesday night. But I ran across what Paul says in Romans 12 and 3, and oftentimes we use this out of context. But I want to speak to it in context. Uh, because he says in Romans 12 and 3, he says, For I say through the grace given to me to everyone who is among you not to think of himself more highly than he ought to think. Paul, let me pause right here and say Paul often dealt with humility because uh, of his background. Uh, because of his pedigree, because of how he thought about himself. He was uh, a persecutor of Christians. He, he thought himself high until he was knocked off his beast one day. So he didn't want us to fall in the same pattern uh, of being prideful, but he wanted us to walk in humility because it is in humility where God blesses us. It is in humility where God pours out his purpose and plan for our lives. So he wanted to keep us low. Yeah, because when you go low, yeah, God, God, God will bring you high. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, so he tells us, he, he says, uh, uh, don't think of yourself more highly than you ought to think, but think soberly as God has dealt to each one a measure of faith. Now, the, 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 the issue is here is that Paul is not talking to everybody. Uh, go back and read it. Go back and read it. Uh, he starts this particular chapter off and he says, uh, he, he says, I beseech ye therefore, brethren. Uh, one translation says brothers and sisters. So he's not talking to everybody uh, because everybody can't have this type of faith. Uh, yeah, I'll work with that. Uh, yeah, but he's telling us, he's, tell, he's talking to Christians, so he starts this chapter on by saying, I beseech you therefore, brethren. So faith in God is totally different from faith uh, in your automobile cranking when you go out and put in the key. It's different. Ah, uh, yeah, yeah, I'm going to work with that. It, 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 it's different, it's different. I, and I'm so glad it's different. I, 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 God has to bring us distinction because we're not talking about faith in a vehicle. We're not talking about faith in a key, but we're talking about a faith in a God. Not in a thing, but in a person. Ah, uh, yeah, and something happens when you have faith in a person, especially the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. Uh, so Paul says in 10, not only does faith come from God, but look what he says in verse 10 and 17. He says, so then faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. <laughs> uh, in order for faith to grow, in order for uh, 
faith to uh, manifest itself, understand you got to hear some things. Uh, yeah. Matter of fact, what you feed will grow. Uh, so the more that you feed your faith, the more that you feed it the word of God. Ah, yeah, the word of God. Your faith needs the word. Your faith needs to be watered by the word. Your faith needs to be fertilized by the word. That's the only way that it's going to grow. Faith come by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Uh, so what you hear about God is extremely important. It can make the difference between receiving a miracle or remaining in lack and bondage. Uh, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's why the enemy doesn't want you to hear the word. That's why the enemy doesn't want you to read the word. That's why he sends that spirit of sleepiness on you when you pull out the Bible. Uh, that, that's why he doesn't want you to come to the house of God. Uh, that's why he puts all these other things before uh, God, before coming to the house of God, because he understands that when you're in an atmosphere where the word of God is released, your faith grows. Uh, you come in one way and you leave another one. You come in down, but when when you leave, you're uplifted. You come in weak, but when you leave, you're strong. You, you come in sick, but when you leave, you're healed. Can I get a witness in the building? Uh, so our faith is under attack. Yeah, so what is? What is faith? Uh, we find this definition in Hebrews 11 and 1. Hebrews 11 and 1 says, now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. Let's break this down. Faith, pistis, P-I-S-T-I-S, the Greek translation. Uh, but this word substance here, eupotasis, uh, uh, eupotasis, uh, it, it means to stand under, stand under. It's a firm reality that stands under something. Kind of like a foundation stands under a home. A home will not uh, survive if it doesn't have a good foundation. You know the story. The winds came and the rains came and blew against the house. Uh, Bible says the only house that stood was the house that had a solid foundation. Uh, it is the foundation, uh, uh, faith is the foundation by which our, our life is built on. And without faith, understand, our life uh, uh, crumbles. Our, our, our life does not uh, uh, lay hold to the purpose and plans that God has, has for our life. Does not mean that we're not going to live this life uh, 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 as a Christian, but I'm here to tell you that if we activate our faith, we can live a better life than what we're living because some of us are living beneath what God has planned and purpose for our life. Uh, uh, yeah, so it's kind of, uh, in a similar sense, it could be used to refer to a title deed to a piece of property. Faith then is like the solid foundation which we build our lives on. It is like the title deed to the things that we're hoping for. It's the substance of our dreams. <laughs> Anybody got some dreams? Uh, yeah, you can't, you, you, you necessarily can't, 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 can't see it, uh, uh, but there's, uh, uh, there's some dreams inside of you, but the only way that you're going to lay hold to those dreams is by faith. 
there has to be an illustration first, and then uh, water with faith, and then uh, we'll see the manifestation come to pass. But the word evidence, evidence in the Greek, uh, this word, understand, is used for the legal proof needed to back up an accusation. Uh, so faith is, in that sense, is the inner conviction that God will keep his promises. We sung this song this morning about the promises of God. I wonder sometimes, do we really believe what we sing? I wonder sometimes, do we really believe the, the promises of God? Do we really believe that he's able to do exactly what he said he would do? Well, it's going to take faith in order to believe uh, that that you can't see. It's going to take faith to cause those things that are not as though they are. <laughs> uh, yeah, it, it's going to take the faith of God, that, that foundation in our life. Uh, matter of fact, faith is like the evidence that is offered in the courtroom. It produces an inner conviction that, uh, that certain things are true. Yeah, faith makes real the things we hope for. It gives us the inner conviction to our dreams. Faith makes the, the, the things we hope for so real that we feel like we already got it. Uh, I, 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 I mean, by faith, we see things that do not exist. Ah, uh, yeah, yeah. I, I don't know. Uh, uh, see, I, 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 I just love when, 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 when God says something and God promises something and I, I necessarily can't see it naturally, but I have to go in the supernatural. Uh, faith is seeing through the eyes of God, not seeing through my own eyes. And see, that's the problem sometimes. We are so caught up with our own vision instead of letting God uh, allow us to peer through his eyes to see the promises that he's destined and planned for our lives. Uh, like what Dr. Miles Monroe says, he says, faith is confessing the invisible and believing it's true. <laughs> Philip Yancey says, faith is believing in advance what will only make sense in reverse. <laughs> My God, my God, it only makes sense in reverse that Noah uh, would build an ark. Uh, it only made sense in reverse because it had never rained before. The dew watered the ground. But when Noah talked about building an ark, can you imagine everybody passing him by uh, talking about this fool building an ark? But when it started to rain, uh, they looked in reverse and saw that what he was saying uh, was true. And what he did, he did it by faith, believing that God one day was going to open up the rain and allow it to come down. It was by faith uh, that, that, that Abraham would leave his own homeland, uh, a place that he was nurtured at, a place that uh, he had built up. And God tells him to go somewhere else that he had never seen. Matter of fact, you go and I'll show you when you get there. It was by faith or on the backside of that. He could look back and he could say, yeah, I believe God by faith. It makes sense now. I wish I had a witness in here. Somebody know what I'm talking about. It was on the backside that you look back and you said, oh, yeah, I understand why God said do that. I understand why God said 
said not to do that. I had to believe him first by faith and then see what he was going to do. Uh, don't rush me. As Christians, understand there's nothing more important than faith. Faith is the key to unlock everything pertaining to God and everything pertaining to the future of your life. It's not in books, uh, but it's in faith. <laughs> uh, it's not in a television program, but it's in faith. <laughs> Uh, the more faith we have, the more that we'll see the manifestation of God. There's nothing more powerful than your faith. I mean, when faith is released, understand, so is the power of God on your life. God is sitting and he's waiting and he's looking, he's swaying. I wonder when they're going to have faith in that area because I'm itching. I, I want to bless them right there. I want to show up and show out right there. I, I want to put them on display and let them know that if they just believe me when they can't see me I'll show up in the midnight hour and I'll do some incredible things in their life if they just would have some faith uh, so that's the reason our text is so critical this morning uh, it's important that you know that the enemy doesn't want you to release your faith uh, <laughs> Yeah, he would rather have you in doubt and question and unbelief than you walking in the faith of God. Critical, I'm saying the faith of God uh, because that's what makes the difference, the faith in God because only God can do the miraculous. Only God can break, bring breakthrough. Only God can bring healing. Only God can bring deliverance. So it has to be a faith in God. Your faith is only as good as what you have faith in. Uh, Y'all ain't gonna help me this morning. I, I know you got faith in that seat that you're sitting in, but I'm here to tell you uh, it's made by man uh, and it will get uh, worn out. And then one day when you come in, uh, you might sit down and it might not hold you up. But when you have faith in God, the incredible God, the God that, see, that says that he's the same yesterday, today, and forevermore, the God that said he would never change, that if I have faith in him. I don't have to worry about hard situations and circumstances. All I got to do is trust in him. But Jesus tells Simon, he tells Simon, yeah, because Jesus understands how powerful your faith is when it is released. Jesus told Simon, 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 behold, Satan has desired to have you that he may sift you as wheat. He says, Simon, Simon, put your name there. Uh, George, George, Vicky, Vicky, Sue, Sue, Harold, Harold, Satan has desired. To sift you. His desire to sift you as weak. See, see, Satan is not after your job. Uh, yeah. <laughs> He's not after your house. He's not after huh, your marriage. Uh, he's not after your money. Uh, I mean, what he knows is that when you use the faith that God has given you, 
that it takes you to a higher realm in God. That it causes the natural to become supernatural. And see, the enemy wants to keep you in natural. He wants to keep you seeing things as though you see them. But God is trying to get us in the supernatural. Ah, because it is in the supernatural where God can do some incredible things. He's sometimes limited in the natural, but when he steps into the supernatural, God uh, can open blinded eyes. God can heal a woman with an issue of blood. God can cause the children to walk across uh, uh, the, uh, uh, the Jericho and the Jordan uh, on a uh, dry land. It is the supernatural that he's trying to get you too. He knows that. The enemy knows that. He knows, he knows, he knows. He, he, he knows uh, uh, that he, 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 and see the problem is many people see Satan as uh, uh, some comic book figure. Uh, some cartoon, some, some, uh, some picture with horns and tails and pitchforks, uh, ridiculous dressed uh, in red tights. But the truth of the matter is the Bible tells us that the thief come to steal, kill, and to destroy. Uh, the Bible tells us, uh, matter of fact, Peter tells us in 1 Peter 5 and 8, he says, be alert and sober mind your enemy, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion looking for someone to devour. Understand, he's looking. He, he's looking. He, he's looking at your address. Uh, he's looking where you are. He's trying to see where you work. He's trying to see what you got your hope in, what you got your faith in. He's looking uh, uh, because he's trying uh, uh, to rob you of the destiny and plan that God has for your life. He's after you. He doesn't love you. Uh, I wish I had a witness in here. Uh, you were born in sin, shack with iniquity. Uh, yeah, yeah. He had no problem with you then, but when you accepted Christ, uh, yeah, when you accepted him as your Lord and Savior, then he put out a, a, a 911 on you. Yeah, he put a, you on a hit list because he desires uh, to have you back. He desires to make God out of a lie that you can't live holy, that you can't live right, uh, that you can't, that's the reason uh, that he came against Job. He, he told God that, uh, that you got a hedge around him uh, and you blessed his hands, you blessed the work of his hands, but I guarantee you that if you touch those things, he'll curse you to your faith. But God had enough faith in Job to know that yet even though he go through situations and problems that he wouldn't curse God. Uh, uh, no matter of fact, he says, naked came I into the world and naked shall I return. Blessed uh, be the name of the Lord. Job had some faith. I want to know this morning, do you have faith in the midst of your problems, in the midst of your struggles? Do you have faith? So he wants to sift you. Figuratively, it means to try one's faith to the verge of overthrow. He wants to overthrow your faith in God. <laughs> could it be, <laughs> could it just be that he's using the difficulty on your job 
to overthrow your faith in God? Could it be that he's using the relationship to overthrow your faith in God? Could it be that he's using the financial issue that you're experiencing right now to overthrow your faith in God? I mean, could it, could it be that he's just using that child's behavior to get on your last nerve? Uh, to, to cause you uh, to, to have your faith overthrown in the God that you say you serve. I, I, I mean, Jesus warned Simon and the rest of the, the disciples, as well as you and I today, so much so that he says Simon's name twice. <laughs> I, I don't know if you, if you got a child, uh, you know, you call him once. But when you call him twice, there's some emphasis on that thing. Yeah, and Jesus here does not call Simon's name once, but he calls it twice as though to make sure he gets Simon's attention. And then after that, he says, behold. In other words, it is though Jesus is implying, pay attention, watch out. I'm warning you of what's on the horizon. I'm warning you that there's going to be an attack in your life that is going to be an attack against the faith that you have in me. And what I love about this, uh, uh, yeah, let me pause right here and say that, 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 that though Satan demands permission to sift Simon, he can only go so far that he has to operate within the parameters and limitations of God. In other words, uh, uh, he's on a divine leash. Uh, in other words, that whatever's happening in your life right now, the enemy can only go so far. Ah, uh, somebody ought to praise him right there. Uh, you might be going through some trouble. You might be going through some heartache. You might be going through some pain. It looked like it's going to take you out. Uh, but uh, I'm here to tell you that the enemy is on a divine leash. Anytime that God wants to snatch it back, he can uh, and he will. But I, I love the reason that he tells Simon this is because God is going to give Satan permission. <laughs> I said this before. Yeah, he's going to give him permission. Ah, it's going to give him permission. But see, what I love about God is God never gives Satan permission knowing that we're not going to make it through. God gave Satan permission to attack Job's life, but he knew he was going to make it through. And I'm here to tell you that anything that's happening in your life right now, uh, uh, anything that's happening, God has to permit it to happen. So if he's permitted to happen, understand God knows what he's put inside of you uh, that will enable you to stand the test. And he tells Simon that I put faith inside of you to stand the test. That, that, that the Satan is going to bring your way. He says, and I prayed uh, for that faith. 
And because we are disciples just like Simon and the other disciples, just like he prayed for the faith of them, God is praying for the faith of each and every one of us because he knows what he's put inside of us. Faith is like God watering your faith. God sees you and he sees your problem and he sees your circumstance and he's praying for you. In other words, he's praying for that faith that he's put on the inside of you that though he slay me yet will I trust God uh, that's how we gotta be just like Job believing that what God put on the inside of us is greater than what the enemy is bringing our way that's why you ought to rejoice that's why you ought to glorify God because if God has opened the gate for the enemy he knows that you can stand the test he knows that you can take a licking and keep on ticking he knows that the thing won't knock you out. He knows that the thing won't kill you. No, it's there to make you strong. It's there to let you know that he that is for you is more than the whole world against you. He's there to let you know that I put something on the inside of you that though the enemy come like a giant, you got something to slay that enemy with. Use your faith. Use your faith. Use your faith. Touch your neighbor and say, use your faith. Use your faith. Don't let it stay dormant. Uh, don't let it take a break. Uh, don't let your faith go on vacation. God said use it, activate it, use it, release it. Uh, because when you release it, uh, I, I show you victory. When you release it, you'll come out on top. When you release it, I'll do some incredible things in your life. If you believe that, you ought to put your hands together in this building. Oh, I gotta go, I gotta go. Well, look at what Peter, look at what Peter tells us. He says, resist him. Stand firm in the faith. Uh, he says, stand firm in what? Faith. Stand firm in faith. See, the key to defeating Satan is our faith. <laughs> Ah, yeah, it's our faith. Uh, uh, yeah, I could go there. It's our faith. Yeah, it's, our, it's not about how well we dance. It's our faith. Ah, yes, it's not about necessarily about how many scriptures I, I can rehearse uh, as long as I know where they're at. Yeah. <laughs> See, a lot of people stuck on uh, can, can quote the Bible from Genesis to Revelation, but don't have no faith. <laughs> uh, see, but what good is the word without faith? It has to be mixed. It has to be watered. Uh, we got to take that word out of the book and, and let it uh, 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 marinate in our life. He says, you got to stand, stand firm in faith. So Peter's encouraging us to have relentless faith. Because faith, yeah, the definition for relentless uh, is persistent, steady, unwavering, unstoppable, <laughs> unstoppable. Uh, he, he wants our faith uh, to never be sidetracked. I like what the Amplified says. He says, but, he says, but resist him. 
Be firm in your faith against his attack. Rooted, established, immovable, knowing that the same experience of suffering are being experienced by your brothers and sisters throughout the world. You are not suffering alone. Peter's letting us know that everybody is going through the same attack. That whether it's your health, your finances, whether it's relational, whether it's about a job, whether it's about your children, whatever the issue is, the underlining attack is your faith. Because if the enemy can get you to waver, if he can get you to doubt, <laughs> he, he understands that it's going to derail what God has purposed and planned for your life. See, see, uh, uh, I'm a, yeah, Wednesday night. <laughs> Satan knows three things, three things. He knows that it is faith that pleases God. So if he can get you to doubt God, he understands that it brings displeasure to God. <sighs> yeah, displeasure. I, I mean, it's like, you do know that anything other than faith is sin. Because he says, <laughs> I, I, I mean, you think about it, disobedience displeases God. So any type of disobedience, when God has commanded us to live, he says the just shall live by faith. He's telling us that the only way that we can please him is by faith. So he's letting us know that if we don't have faith, it's a sign if we don't activate our faith. Let me say that. It's a sign that we are disobeying what God has commanded us to do. He's commanded each and every one of us to use the faith that he's given unto us. Some things we wouldn't have to go through if we used our faith. <laughs> some, some, some issues, some, some problems, some things that resonate in our life. If we would just use the faith that God has given unto us, we wouldn't stay up all night long. We wouldn't cry multiple tears. No, we, we wouldn't be depressed if we would just use the faith that God has given unto us. So Satan knows that if we don't use the faith that God has given unto us, then we're displeasing him. And that's what he wants. He wants each and every one of us to not bring God any glory. He wants every one of us understand uh, uh, to disappoint God. And, and like every child, there's no child that wants to disappoint their parent. I mean, you want to please your parent. So as believers, we ought to want to use that faith to bring God pleasure, to cause him to rejoice, because Satan also understands that it is faith that enables you, well, it is faith that releases God's power. Faith that releases God's power. Scripture. Uh, the woman with the issue of blood. The Bible tells us that she spent everything that she had. 
And she comes to Jesus after she had seen all the doctors, after she had given all her money, and then she uses the faith that she had. She didn't just get it. It didn't just show up the day her money ran out. It didn't just show up the day she had the last doctor's appointment, but it was there from the beginning, but she chose to walk in the natural to use those natural means to bring her healing instead of stepping into the supernatural and using her faith so that God can really heal her completely. But the moment she ran out of everything is when she activated her faith. And it was then that she received the healing from God. Could it be that we are living our life going through situations, going through circumstances, uh, uh, running out of stuff when God said, all I need you to do is you faith from the beginning so that I can really do what I want to do in your life. The 10 lepers, they activated their faith. Why sit here we and die? <laughs> oh, they went, and the, and the Bible said that as they went, they were healed. As they activated their faith, as we activate the faith that God has given unto us, some areas of our life would receive the healing that we need, but we got to use what God has given unto us. See, because, uh, yeah, so... Crises doesn't move God. Let me say it on this. Crises doesn't move God. <sighs> because he's the same yesterday, today, and forevermore. So, so, so nothing rushes God. Crises that you know how we go to God. You know, we think it's a major crisis. And we, go, we, we tell God, well, I'm going to fast three days. On the fourth day, God, I, I need you to move. Crises doesn't move God, but faith does. <laughs> the moment that we activate our faith, the moment that he, we use it, it's like God is sitting with antennas waiting for somebody to step out in faith and, and, and those antennas connect with that faith and immediately God begins to release exactly what you need him to do in your life. Faith, faith takes the brakes off of God. You want God to do something? Step out in faith. Where you can't see your way, you don't know how it's going to turn out. All you know is that, God, I'm out here now. <laughs> if you don't do it, it won't get done. So he needs that level of faith. That's the reason. That's the reason that the Bible tells us that Jesus could do no more miracles than what he did in Nazareth. He healed a few people. I mean, this is Jesus' hometown. I mean, if anybody want to go back and bless their hometown, it's Jesus. Jesus grew up seeing people suffer. He grew up seeing uh, the turmoil, seeing the agony. I mean, no, no better place. Uh, any athlete that gets uh, 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 these lucrative contracts, they immediately go back to their hometown. 
because they want to bless their hometown because they've seen exactly what people have gone through. So they want to release those funds there to bring that, uh, uh, that neighborhood or that community up. Jesus was the same way, but the Bible says because there was no faith. Because he didn't see people exercising their faith, he says, I can't do nothing here. He says, so I got to go find some faith. I got to keep on moving. And could it be that God wants to do some things in our life, but he keeps moving past us to the next person, to the next person, to the next person, and we're looking back upset with God or upset with people because of what God is doing in their life only to, to realize that God has no respectable person, that if you had the level of faith that they have, that God would do the same thing in your life. Oh, I got to go. I got to go. Third, third thing is that I'm done. Satan understands that it is faith that enables you to lay hold to everything that God has destined for your life. I mean, this is what Matthew 9 and 27 and 20 through 29 tells us. It, it tells us that two blind men came and followed Jesus and they sought him. And Jesus asked them one question. One question. He says, do you believe that I'm able to do this? That's all he asked. Do you believe I'm able to do this? And their response was, yes. I just want to know, do anybody in here, is there something in your life that God is asking you right now? Do you believe that I am able to do it? All he wants is a yes. All he wants is you to respond by faith to believe that he's able to do anything that is possible through him. Because nothing is impossible for God. I'm done. I'm done. We're going to pick this up Wednesday night. Am I helping anybody? Uh. So think about this. When you have faith, you get to choose how much God blesses your life. When you have faith. I mean, Jesus told the woman with the issue of blood, he says, your faith has made you whole. He says, your faith. So each and every one of us, if we want God to do some incredible things in our life, it's our faith that's going to make the difference. I thought about this. Imagine, imagine getting to heaven. Imagine God showing you a video of your life. And then imagine him showing you another video of what could have happened if you just use your faith to another level. Woo. I would hate, I'm just using this as an illustration, I, but, but I would hate to look at my life and know that it could have been lived much better. To know that I could, that I didn't have to suffer some things that I suffered. I didn't have to go through some things I went through. I could have lived a better life. I could have achieved more. I could have laid hold to more. Only if I'd have used the faith that God had given unto me. Woo. 
What has God promised over your life? What has he spoken over your life? I know you may be going through transition, but I'm here to tell you that transition doesn't stop the promises of God. He says his promises are yea and in you. You might have got laid off, but it doesn't stop the promise of God. You might be going through a divorce, but it doesn't stop the promises of God. You might be going through some health issues, but it doesn't stop the promises of God. <laughs> That's what I love about God. There, there's nothing that can stop the promises of God other than my faith. Because if I never believe it, it'll never happen. If I can never imagine it, it can never happen. What is God trying to get you to imagine? What is God trying to do in your life? What has he spoken over you? What job, what career has he spoken over you? What breakthrough has he spoken over your life? But I know it seemed like it's not going to happen. I mean, I, I know there are facts, but then there's God. And if anybody can change facts, it's God. I, I, I know it looks like it's, it's difficult. I, I know it looks like you're never going to achieve it. I, I, I know it looks like you're too old. But God said, if I promised it, I'm able to do it. Age does not stop God. Y'all ain't gonna help me. Walls does not stop God. Rivers, great bodies of water does not stop God. He can come right through there. And he can make your ladder greater than your former. He can come right through there and cause you to forget all the pain and anguish that you had to suffer when he shows up and unveils the promise that he's spoken over your life. Come on and rest on your feet on today. <laughs>